Hello, my name is Jeremy, and I'd like to welcome you all to my podcast, Penny Tolerable. And my guest today is... Uh, Nathaniel. Hi, everybody. Um, today we'll be, we will be talking about a very interesting movie, a movie I've seen only several times in my life, but really like, just because of the sheer oddness of it. It is uh, the movie Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. Now, today we will be doing several things. We will be uh, doing what's called Wiki What, which is me reviewing the Wikipedia summary of Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. And we will be also be doing what's called Review Times Two, which is me uh, reviewing reviews to the movie that I found on the Internet Movie Database, both of which are, as we know, completely wonderfully reliable sites. And, uh, yeah, we'll get started right now. Uh, By the way, if you have not seen this movie, I don't know why you're listening to this. If you haven't seen it, go listen to it. Go watch it, because it's fantastic. All right. First off, uh, it says, by the year 2001, all correctional facilities have been privatized. Uh, we should point out that this movie is Chinese, so all the characters have different names in the subtitle version and the dubbed version, and the Wikipedia entry has both uh, names. Uh, facilities have been privatized. Lick Wong slash Ricky Ho. See the... I love this because he's never called Ricky O in the movie. It's a Ricky Ho, which I find very charming. Why change it at all, though? I don't know. Like, I get when they would uh, localize stuff and make it regional back when nobody cared. So you'd have uh, Voltron or something like a property that came about... Or like Speed Racer, you take a character whose name in Japan is like Go Mifune, and you go, well, we're not going to call him that in the American version in 1965. His name is Speed Racer. I understand that style, but this isn't a cartoon. It's not Voltron. This is an adult, quote unquote, movie. Um, <laughs> It's clear that it's meant to take place in China. They're not localizing it and going, you know, everyone's named Biff and Steve. So why they replaced the name Lick Wong with the equally Chinese-sounding name of uh, Ricky Ho doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. It says uh, he's a martial artist and former music student. Now, when I, re- when I first read this, I didn't remember him being a music student in the movie. He plays the lead. Yeah, but he plays he plays the flute and the, the makeshift flute, the leaf. Yeah. Which is... Uh, you remember what he plays on the leaf? What? Leaf Erickson. Uh, yeah. Uh, or is it Leaf Garrett? Leaf sure. Garrett. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> and uh, I remember the scene where he explained, where it's explained that he's a music student. Uh, the assistant warden, whom we will get to soon, um, he says, like, ah, you're a former music student. And it's like, yes, it explained that he's a music student. Uh, 
very loudly by the assistant warden. Everyone in this movie is very, very loud, since it is a dubbed kung fu movie. Where it's like, are you the most feared assistant warden in China? No, but I'm the loudest. Okay, you're hired. He is sentenced to ten years in prison for manslaughter after killing a crime lord indirectly responsible for the deaths of his girlfriend, Kiku slash Anne, after a group of thugs chased her off the building to her own death after witnessing their heroin deal. This, this is what happens. Uh, it is partially their fault that she's dead. It is also partially her fault that she is dead. Uh, she seems to make a beeline for that pavement. Yes, she... There are other places she could have run. I'm not victim-shaming here. I'm not victim-shaming here, but... not pavement-shaming here. Yeah, but... There are other avenues... Literally other avenues she could have run. <laughs> or alleys, yeah. Avenues, alleys, cul-de-sacs. <laughs> Thoroughfares, uh, promenades, strands... Yeah. <laughs> says, it is revealed in a flashback Ricky's name as a child was a Rick. I don't remember this at all. This is just someone doing this on Wikipedia. But his uncle, after seeing how strong he was... Nicknamed him Pickle Rick. <laughs> a Pickle Ricky! Ha! Oh. <laughs> it was decided that his name, the name Ricky, was more suitable. Uh, this is not in the movie. I don't know where Wikipedia is getting well, this. Maybe it's in the original version of the movie, although it can't be because his name isn't Ricky in the original. It, yeah, exactly. Has his fineness been commented upon? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Oh, okay. It is also revealed that Ricky has multiple bullets inside of him that he received, received from his attack on the crime lord, which he refused to remove because he considers them souvenirs. <sighs> That's that... like his sepsis. <laughs> That is completely true. The the five bullets. He's he's the man with the five scars. He's a bargain basement Kinshiro from uh, Fist Kinshiro has two more stars. Better deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and this is where the movie starts right here. These <laughs> the, the, what we what we just said were basically things that are intercut in different points in the movie. Which uh, to its credit, that's how you tell a movie, uh, uh, tell a story. You don't have to start with the prologue. You can just get into a character's backstory through flashbacks and monologues and things like that. You don't have to just start and then make everybody wait a third of the way through for the good stuff to get there. Exactly. Yeah. It says, uh, an elderly inmate... Uh, okay, that's just a little mean. He's He's... Approaching 60. I would say that the character we're talking about is approaching 60. A mature inmate. A mature inmate yeah. named Ma slash Omar. Omar's coming. Omar. <laughs> yeah. He is attacked by the captain of the cells named Wildcat or Samuel. I would go with Wildcat. Yeah. I personally, in prison, Wildcat would kind of be a cooler name. I, I do feel like a lot of these are lateral moves where it'll be a, a Chinese name. They'll go, oh, well, he's, uh, you know, he's a uh, uh, cutter now. Or, uh, yeah, like Keiko becomes Ab. Wildcat sounds like they could have left that one alone. Yeah, exactly. And he pops open a Wildcat Adams and puts on the game. 
Ricky Trip Samuel. I'm fucking. I'm calling him Wildcat from now on. I refuse to call this character Samuel. Ricky Trip Samuel, who falls face first on a well placed piece of wood with nails with nails in it. That is true. Uh, it is very well placed. You know, I perfectly good eye remover. Perfectly good eye remover. You couldn't do it again if you tried. Uh, after this. One of the cellmates suggests that Zorro, a dangerous, morbidly obese inmate, should kill him. That that is completely true. The character's name is Zorro, and this is the most accurate adaptation yet of the original like Don Diego character, though, right? Yes, he's a morbidly obese Chinese prisoner who can eat uh, uh, a horse. Okay. Yeah. And so you remember Zara would always like ride somewhere, then eat the horse to destroy the evidence. Yeah, I read it. And uh, I love the term morbidly obese because it seems like it was coined by a doctor who was also a mean older brother. Yeah. It's, it's like morbidly obese. It's like there's nothing really morbid about it. It's, you're just fucking fat. It's you're not a vampire. That's not morbid. It's morbid because it impairs your health, is what it refers to. Okay, fair enough. But which, like, obese is already like those are the gradations. Like, oh, you're like you're fat. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, It doesn't say anything about a person's personality. You're obese. It still means you can be a good person, but you know, for your own sake, you might want to watch that. Morbidly obese is like, hey, buddy, I'm not being mean. You're gonna want to take care of that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Omar is informed by the guards that his probation was turned down after Wildcat lies, telling the guards that Omar was spreading dirty rumors. Wildcat lies sounds like a Carl Hyacin novel. <laughs> uh, stricken by grief, Omar hangs himself. This is this is true. He does hang himself, and uh, there are scenes in this movie that try their just, they just try their goddamnedest to be touching, but in this movie, nope. it's just so out of place. Yeah, it's so out of place that it kind of just falls flat. Um, Zoro attacks Ricky in the shower room. He does. He literally punches him across the room, but is easily killed and gutted by Ricky's bare hands. This does happen. It just spills everywhere. Ricky thwarts Wildcat's attack, squeezing his hand until his fingers broke before punching a hole in his stomach, killing him as well. This happens. Thank you, Wikipedia. We could probably just establish from now on that like, we can make fun of the language, but if Wikipedia says it, it happened. Yeah. Shortly after, a member of the Four Heavenly Kings, the gang of four in the English dub, I'm going to call them the Four Heavenly Kings, because that sounds pretty dope, Yeah. Uh, named Hi, or Oscar. Uh, Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> Hi, it's not spaghetti, it's linguine. It's garbage. He's the leader of the North Cell, suggests that Ricky see the one-eyed assistant warden, Dan. To Wikipedia's credit, his name is Dan. They say it once in passing in the movie, but his name is Dan. I noticed how he doesn't get an alternate name, so is he Dan in both versions? I believe he is. 
or maybe he's just assistant warden. I don't know. Um, interestingly enough, the actor who plays the assistant warden is the father of the actor who plays Ricky. Okay. Which I think is really cool. Huh, he's, I don't know it. Yeah, he's now his manager. Like, the, the guy that plays Ricky, he still works. He's in the Ip Man movies. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Let's see. Um... Let's see, where was I? Uh, Bye-bye, goes to see the one-eyed assistant warden, Dan. The warden shoots Ricky with a gun, only for Ricky to slap the bullet away and retaliate by punching the air so hard that the warden starts bleeding. I I love the term just slapping it away. Like, there, there we go. Just slaps it away. Uh, A tray is involved. A tea tray is involved. But it essentially is a slap. And punching the air sounds like... It sounds like that one thing on The Simpsons. I'm going to start kicking the air, and if you're in the way, then so be it. And then uh, we can really recreate the, okay, pie, I'm just going to walk towards you once we get to the warden's son, but we'll save that for later. (laughs) Yeah. After Ricky's confrontation, Dan suggests Oscar kill him. Which... Suggests. Hey, look, you do you... But you know what might be fun? Is if he killed Ricky. (laughs) Yeah. Outside the prison yard, Oscar and Ricky engage in a fight. After losing an eye due to a backhand slap from Ricky... Okay, there's the word slap again. I I just called it a back fist, but whatever. That's that's up to you. Um, Ricky cuts a hole... Or Oscar cuts a hole in his stomach and uses his intestines to strangle Ricky. Yeah, there's... It's like that scene in... Uh, Fury, written by Garth Ennis. If any of you have read that. Uh, Ricky breaks free, delivering a skull-crushing blow, which kills Oscar. Uh, Ricky soon discovers that the gang of four four heavenly kings is growing illegal opium for profit. Uh, Huang Chung, uh, that's his name, also known as Rogan, leader of the West Cell, uh, discovers that Ricky set the poppy garden on fire leading to a fight. It's interesting, the, uh... It's a woman playing Rogan. It's a woman... I don't even think there's ever been a woman on Rogan. (laughs) Nice. It's a woman just in drag to play a dude, and in every version of the story, in every version of the movie, the voice is done by a man doing an effeminate voice. Mm-hmm. Diagram that I dare you. Uh, you leading to a fight. Brandon, leader of the South Cell, the dude, one of the most dangerous characters in the movie, and his name is Brandon. Thank you. Throws needles to tie Ricky up with them. Yeah, that's his thing. Leaving him defenseless. Yeah, mo- moderately defenseless. Meanwhile, the guards report to Dan that the warden is returning from his vacation prompting Dan to raise the zero alarm, causing the defense system to shoot anyone outside their cell. As the fight continues, Tarzan, yes, there's a character named Tarzan in this. Uh, His original name is Tizen, so I can understand the close approximation. Tarzan, leader of the East Cell, Lord of Chicken Dinners, arrives, announcing his intent to fight Ricky, but leaves along with the gang as a zero alarm goes off. Oh, that always happens to me when I grunt or drop weights. <laughs> what? 
zero alarm goes off. <laughs> the next day, the warden and his spoiled son, who for, looks for all the world like one of the looks for all the world like Kim Jong Un. It's Chinese deadly dursley. Yeah, call it what it is here. Yeah, his spoiled son returned from their vacation. Dan informs the warden about the incidents, including the poppy garden. This infuriates the warden, almost transforming him into a Hulk-like creature. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, that's kind of the surprise ending. But uh, he prevents it by taking medication. I love this, just takes his pills and he's not the Hulk. Uh, somehow, no one in the Marvel Universe has created pills that can just make Hulk not Hulk. Yeah, no zannies for Hulk. Yeah. That's <laughs> no one, not even Reed Richards. No one's been able to think of a recipe. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that. It seems like, you know, the Hulk's, uh, the character's been around forever. He's gone through different versions, I know. But the classical platonic uh, plot of the Hulk is that he's this scientist who has this cursed, monstrous Mr. Hyde form and would gladly be rid of it if he could. But that only works in real life. Like, if you were the only Hulk in a world of mortals, then it would be understandable. But when there's, what, 48 better scientists than you? Yeah. In this world that has gods and monsters? <laughs> and, and a magician. Yeah, I, I don't know. You guys invented time travel, but not a cure for some monsterism. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I never even thought of that. Takes his pills and he's fine. As the warden tortures and questions Ricky, Tarzan bursts through the wall to fight Ricky, which ends in Ricky dismembering half of Tarzan's left arm and breaking his mandible. That's that's true. He's he can speak fine after having his lower jaw destroyed, but you know, yeah, some people are tougher than others. It's the potato body death rule. I think it's called. Um, Not familiar with that one. Yeah. Some people have the eggshell body deaths, and then there's the potato body deaths. Uh, potato body death, I think, was... Uh, Toy Story 3? Yeah. Toy Story 3 and Rasputin. Oh, okay. The warden activates a ceiling trap on Ricky, who struggles to stay alive. <sighs> staying alive. Staying alive. Well, you're going to do a staying alive joke, or you're not going to do a Tarzan boy joke. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, the, the ceiling trap is exactly what you'd expect. The ceiling just begins to creep downwards like a trash compactor. Yeah. The amount of work involved, that means there can't be anything above that room. Right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. just realized that. It's supposed to be so complicated. And then the warden also tasers the bars so they're electrified. It's just the whole spiel was... Yeah. Yeah. So Tarzan regains consciousness and holds the ceiling, only to unintentionally save Ricky by being crushed by being crushed himself. He no, he he says Ricky, get out while you can or something to that effect. Why does he just have a change of heart all of a sudden? I don't know. Like Ricky just crippled him massively. It I don't know. I, I think he says something like like he's upset that the wardens would, you know, kill him along with Ricky without a second thought. But yeah, 
I think everyone in the scene had pretty well written him off now after his head and arm exploded. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. After escaping, Ricky finds a photo showing Tarzan had a family waiting for him. Yeah, Jane. Oh, God damn it. He'll never return to Greystock. <laughs> the warden orders the inmates... His last act <laughs> is to kiss Christoph Waltz goodbye. <laughs> I love that part of the movie! This, this is the part. It's we're finally going to see the episode where Itchy and Scratchy kiss. <laughs> okay. The warden. Uh, let's see. The, the warden orders the inmates bury Ricky alive, which they reluctantly obey. Yeah. The warden proposes if Ricky survives underground for a week, he will free him. Ricky does survive by eating dog meat. He he does. Do that, but it's inadvertent because uh, Rogan kicks a dog in half and shoves its heart down his breathing tube. So, yeah, the other inmates come and bring him uh, uh, supermarket hot dogs. <laughs> Same thing. However, the warden denies his freedom. Yeah, the warden's kind of a dick if you haven't picked up on this. Um,. Later that night, Ricky is brought food by the inmate Freddy. Again, all of the characters who have Chinese names in this are given the plainest English names. Oh, it does kind of give me a Final Fight vibe where you'll be walking around. It's like, hey, you need to beat up Susan and Frank. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, another inmate informs Dan, the prison snitch who mortally wounds Freddy. I don't understand that sentence. They, it makes it sound like Dan is the prison snitch. Dan is not the prison snitch. He is the assistant warden. Forget the prison snitch's name. He's, he's Oliver there. Let's just call him that. Who mortally wounds Freddy. Uh, Dan then opens Ricky's cell to taunt him. Well, that was always Dan's skill was taunting. I remember his energy bar would go. <laughs> up yeah. By the way, uh, the guy that I'm calling Oliver, uh, we get to see a wonderful scene where he gets finished pooping while singing a off-key rendition of the Stones' Satisfaction, and then only minutes later, pees himself. Yeah. So it's like, were, were you done or not? Yeah, come on. You can't do a twofer while you're in there? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Dan then opens Ricky's cell to taunt him. However, Ricky breaks free and kills Oliver the Snitch by punching the top of his head off. Yes, that, that yeah, exact thing. death clock, like, tongue sticking out of <laughs> yeah. the mouth stump. And then knocks out Dan's remaining eye. Here's the thing. They want Dan to lead them to the warden. So it's like, how's he going to do that now, smart guy? Let him smell his way to Dover. Yeah. Uh, the inmates then rebel and violently ambush Dan, chopping off his arm. A prison riot team arrives only for Ricky to easily punch holes in their bodies. That is, yes, that is exactly what happens. That sentence does not lie. He punches holes in their bodies. Well, the character was originally named Hole Puncher, but they felt it didn't translate to a Western audience. 
In the kitchen, Ricky, the prisoners, and Dan burst through the wall. The prison, the, the warden shoots Dan with a homemade gas pressure bullet. Oh, wait, wait, I love that. Homemade. Homemade. How do you... That is not established in the movie. He has the gun. We don't really question it because of the nature of the film. It is never said that it was homemade. Like he, you know, he's a pensioner. He's out there tinkering in the shed. He got bored with his battle bot, so he went ahead and made the gun from Live and Let Die. Yeah, I just love that. There's, there, there is no indication of where he got it. He could have had some dude make it. He's rich. He could. Yeah. I never questioned that it would, Oh my god, homemade, huh? Home, homemade gas pressure bullet causing him to inflate and violently explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rogan and Brandon confront Ricky, who gravely injures Rogan by tying her limbs together. That. He. He, break, he breaks off her leg and doesn't tie her limbs together. This is not Looney Tunes. He basically just he basically just breaks her arms by like crossing them. It's just mm-hmm. kind of chiropractor's nightmare. Uh, Brandon, realizing Ricky is far too powerful for him, flees from the scene, but not before the warden shoots and kills Brandon. Yeah, he shoots him in the butt. He right? shoots him in the butt. <laughs> He's trying to get into a dumbwaiter to escape, and he shoots him in the butt. Yeah. It's pure Three Stooges. Has this synopsis covered the Kim Jong-un kid or not? Does um, it even mention him, or was that just us? They mention him very briefly. Well, I think that they're missing out by not mentioning that he's in an old man's sleepy time outfit. Yes. So he's it's full... Like Ebenezer Scrooge crossed with Brian Butterfield here, where he's in his pajajays and has a little floppy nightcap. <laughs> he does. And the warden says, like, like uh, here, take him away. Look after him till I'm done with Ricky. And he's never referred to again. So yeah. the sadistic little... It's like, it's like Dr. Poison from Wonder Woman. Just Yeah, so Kim Jong Gloop here just gets away and there's no further reference to him. I guess I probably shouldn't make jokes about him looking like Kim Jong-un. I know it's a different nationality, but he, he is a stout and amoral Asian man, so forgive the comparison. Yeah. <laughs> The warden, revealing that he, too, is a martial artist who also went to the same school as Ricky. Harvard. Uh, Loses control and finally transforms into a grotesque, incredible Hulk creature and battles Ricky. That's in the synopsis? They compare him to the Hulk? Yes, they compare him to the Incredible Hulk. It's It's not very creative. Not very creative, but a fair comparison, I guess. Also, this predates the Incredible Hulk. No, it doesn't. It was made in 1992. Yeah, all came out in 2008. <laughs> Logic checks out. Science checks out. Um, <laughs> Gamma radiation science checks yeah. out. The, uh, the, by the way, the martial art is called uh, Qigong, but the way they say it makes it sound like they're saying Chico. Oh, yeah. So I forgot about that. It, it sounds like they want Chico to teach some martial arts, which I'm sure he could hold his own in a fight. You know, hey, here's what I'm gonna do, okay? You're gonna start pulling on my suspenders. They're gonna slap you in the face. Hey, I got a great big pair of scissors. I know that's my brother, but I bought it from him. 
<laughs> I'm a master of edged weaponry. <laughs> hey, I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna meditate under this waterfall for a little bit. Then I'm gonna appear on top of the back of a giant flame of breathing toad. Oh, you're gonna love the toad. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes, the, the warden revealing that he too is a martial artist, also went to the same school as Ricky, loses control and finally transforms to a grotesque, incredible whole creature and battles Ricky. The fight ends with Ricky crippling him and throwing him throwing the mutated warden into a meat grinder, turning him into ground beef. I cannot stress how anticlimactic this battle is. It's uh it's really something like you know you know that Ricky's gonna win, but it's not even like the warden has him on the ropes and he remembers his master or the warden's winning through brute strength and then Ricky realizes like oh like my, my quickness and my agility yeah. gets me through. Like I think like the warden lands a punch and then Ricky disembowels him, breaks one of his legs, picks him up. I think he does, like, the, the nut grab yeah, lift, doesn't he? Yeah, the nut lift. Like, the thoughtless fireman throw? Yeah. And then he pitches him into the gigantic meat grinder from the horrible uh, Ice Cream Man horror movie. <laughs> yeah. And rather than just, like, he already has no lower half. I think Ricky could have just let nature take its course at this point. But he bolts over to force him <laughs> yeah. out. Like he's really going to juice the warden <laughs> to get rid of the pulp. And the warden grabs onto him and tries to pull him into the... That is such a the, baller the, move. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's like... You know, he, he would have died, even a man of his size, an incredible Hulk-like physiognomy, would have died from having no lower half. You don't need to gild the lily, and now you just put yourself in the line of danger. But they have a big old, you know, penny-smelling uh, blood fight, and <laughs> then, uh, yeah, eventually the big old rubbery warden uh, gets crushed, and we, we all know the famously lax Chinese penal system. If a warden dies, all his prisoners go free. Yeah. The prisoners rebel once again and start to attack the guards until Ricky reaches the prison wall, throwing the warden's mutated head at the frightened guards. Yeah, the head's the only thing that's mutated. I think that's why he mushed him down to the burger thing. The hamburger grinder, just to get the head to make a point. Yeah, it is. It's a really unpleasant mask, to be honest. Nothing. This movie is too goofy to be like scary or intense or like it, it is violent the way that like wily e. coyote cartoons are violent or itchy and scratchy. But they did go for like a, a Bobo aesthetic with the warden, and I'm like, oh god, like its lips move and it still has a mustache. It just snot. Oh, yeah. so much snot. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the most trauma effect in the whole yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 This is a lot like a Toxic Avenger movie. Yeah. Throwing the warden's mutated head at the frightened guards and breaking the wall. Yeah, he punches it three times. And when I say that, they play the, they play the film three times of him punching the wall. Yeah. And then uh, another uh, less intelligent inmate comes up and goes, tear down this wall. And then he takes credit for it, even though it would have happened anyways. He <laughs> Breaking the wall. Ricky declares to all the prisoners that you're all free now, allowing the prisoners and himself to go free. Uh, 
And there yes. the movie ends. And there the movie ends. We hear the kind of jangly, weird theme song as Ricky walks off. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the movie. Nathaniel, what we what was your opinion of the film? Well, before we get to that, there's one last remarkable thing about this movie. What's the credit that we both fixated on? Like, next hats or something? It was something about hair. Oh, yeah. The, the credits are largely in you know, Chinese. And, but as happens, you know, they will be written in a... It's not kanji. Uh, that's Japanese. But they'll be written in a, the local characters. But then periodically, like, an English phrase will pop up. And there's something in the credits where it says, uh, next hair. Yeah. I'm like, what is it? Like something to do with the grooming of the characters, like the same way they list like the wardrobe in the the end of the film. I I really didn't know, but uh, I guess that was the highlight of the movie yeah. for me. Next hair, uh, ne- next hair, next hair. I'm probably getting it wrong anyway, so this joke's not even scanning. Uh, my opinions of the film. I watched it once about oh nigh on twenty years ago. I think when it first hit uh, VHS as kind of like uh, one of those early Asian shock cinema kind of releases. A little before something like Ichi the Killer. And then I watched it uh, four days ago uh, with Jeremy here, and uh, he didn't actually mention that we were going to do it on the podcast, so uh, I probably would have paid more attention going into this. So my clearest memories from my latest viewing of Ricky O were uh, seeing what was up on Twitter, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, following yeah. the the local uh, himbo discourse, and uh, this is Nestor. For those of you who are curious, uh, he's my adopted son, legally, of course. I love him. Um, that's not going to date this episode at all. No. The movie is fun. Like, like it's exactly the sort of thing that the Alamo Draft House would show on a Tuesday night for Which a dollar. They did. Oh, okay. For like a dollar fifty admission fee. It's uh really dumb and artless and silly, but so over the top. And there's points where it's not just like the special effects are bad and that's why it's funny. Like, oh that that when that guy died it was fake. That's true of even movies that are trying to be good. I think as we watched it, I commented to you, Jeremy, uh, this movie knows what it is. Yes. Like, it's a scene where you have a murderous, diabolical warren, well, sorry, warden, and then his son is a, it's a large adult son. Literally. Yes. And the, the son wears, like, short pants and then horrible knee-high socks, because it's mosquito season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um there's a scene very early on, which is my actual favorite moment in the movie, and really like sets the tone. Uh, we mentioned that a lot of the early action takes place in like the showers in the men's room. Yeah. And when uh, what's his face, the guy who trips and gets his eye impaled, what was his name? Wildcat. Okay, I think it's when Wildcat's picking on a weaker prisoner. There's four guys standing nearby, like a Greek chorus, going, "Oh man, look at that! I wouldn't want to be in that guy's shoes." Oh yeah, you're right, like that. Then they all turn around at once yeah. to four urinals, and with the central framing precision of a Wes Anderson movie, they all begin urinating in unison, and you just see their backs. And like, that didn't happen by accident. Yeah, they they, they spent a morning making sure that the four guys all turned around and peed at the same time. 
that makes this movie hard to hate. Uh, at the same time, it's not good or interesting or about anything. So, <laughs> it's uh, a, I don't yeah, know. It's a movie that looks incredibly cheap, but looks expensive at the same time. Like, a lot went into this, but it still looks cheap. Because there are, like, I'm going to say it, downright gorgeous color palettes in this movie. And, like, really neat props. It's it's hard to tell how good the acting is, because the whole thing is already pure camp to begin with. And then the dubbing just... I promise, this is me doing the dubbing, not not doing, like, an impression of, you know, the, the area or anything. But the whole movie is just like, oh, hey, hey, get over it. I'm like, you think you're some hotshot, don't you? Oh, where are you going? Like, Everyone sounds like Blue, though. There, there we go, yeah. <laughs> I always feel like that's such a gray area. Like, you don't want to do a racist impression of a Chinese or Japanese or Korean person in the way they speak. It's not racist if you do an impression of the dubbing in a yeah. movie, is it? Like, like, if I just do, like, oh, hey, master, I was wondering how you're doing. Whoa! Like, that, yeah. that's making fun of the dubbing, not, not like... The those people sure sound like that. Yeah, so I, I hope that's not uh, out of line or anything. I don't think, <laughs> I think it is. it's just silly. And now it's time for us to do review times two. Oh, our yeah. I review reviews. Okay. All, uh, all I've heard halfway. All of, <laughs> all of which I found on IMDb. The first one, a lot of these I'm not gonna say the name of the people who put them up. I guess but, you can look them up if you're really curious. No, I, I did. I have them written down, but I'm not going to say them because... Yeah, if people are curious, they can look it up. Yeah. Uh, but the first guy is named Craig is God 4. Now, since this is Ricky O, the story of Ricky, I'm assuming the Craig that they mean is Craig Kilborn from the original run of The Daily Show. Oh, that's right. Because he was the one that kind of re-energized interest and story of Ricky. Because if you remember, the five question segment shows uh, Tarzan crushing a guy's head. And this, correct me if I'm wrong, this is back before these things were freely available. Yeah. It was just just like a weird thing. Like somebody saw at a party and so like, oh, get a clip of that. It's like a... Okay, like, I'm not a fan, but I, I seem to recall, like, uh, Greg Gutfield back in the day would always play a clip of, uh, it was like one of those really over-the-top uh, East Indian action movies, where, like, a chubby guy in a jacket and a, you know, horseshoe mustache would, like, dive through cars and yeah. throw people across highways. Uh, I, I don't know, I might be getting my Fox hosts mixed up. <laughs> Fairly interchangeable, I would say. Yeah. Anyways, Craig is gone for says, This movie is so incredible. Me and my friends have watched this movie at least 50 times. That seems excessive. Uh, one time we were so lazy I, to get up. I haven't up. seen The Princess Bride 50 <laughs> times. We were so lazy to get up after the movie, and it all started over, and we watched it again. I'm assuming that was a DVD. Uh, this movie sounds like a real hot couch. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> this movie is exactly how I pictured prison. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure he means this as a joke because it goes on to say prisoners wandering in the courtyards throwing big wooden crosses up, and they feel like it whenever they feel like it, 
and people ripping oh, okay. their own intestines out just he's, to choke their enemies. He's having fun. Though. Yeah, he's having fun. Okay. This movie has it all, and I have read some, and has it all, and I have read some of everybody's lists of movies they might like if they like this, and I agree with all film, all the films. But I thought I'd add some for maybe that one movie I name you aren't. These are very poorly written. You have never seen Rent It. <sighs> I cannot. I'll go on to the next yeah. one. This is this is written so poorly. This is why women are better writers than men. Yeah. This next... Oh, wait, that's a horrible joke. <laughs> this next review just begins with Swing Low Sweet Chariot. And warning, spoilers. No! It is one of those movies with a very unassuming title. Wait, what is the title, by the way? Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. His but name is... I call it that, like... When Jackie Kennedy, if she ever did a biography, it wasn't called Jackie O, the story of Jackie. His name is spelt two different ways in the title. I love that so much. Neither of which is accurate to the original name of Wick Wong, right? Yeah. Like, that's not just Wikipedia having fun with us, is it? And so he says, it sounds as if it could be a Lifetime Channel film or an after-school special. It kind of is. Yeah. It teaches some lessons. It teaches a lot of lessons, like don't punch holes in uh, heroin dealers' skulls, and you won't go to Chinese jail. Wait, I want to do this next line. The story of Ricky, or as we know it, Ricky O, is a that's like the line from Lost Skeleton of Cadaver, like ah, water, good old H two O. That's what I call it. Wow. It is a complex film that asks no quarter and gives none. It looks like it cost about a quarter. Yeah. Just the most extreme splatter violence in the brief history of the year 1991. It is a movie that is both stomach-turning and hysterical. Wouldn't really call it stomach-turning. It's, it's just hysterical. <laughs> Characteristics of prison life are well choreographed. Drug dealing, mob rule, shower beatings while hopelessly false in others. People getting strangled with their own guts. A whole jaw dismemberment post-uppercut. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> That's taken a bit out of con They take it a bit out of context. Mm -hmm. But we don't go to the movies for love. We go for spastic, bloody violence. Yeah, what romance movie ever made money? <laughs> Screw love. Yeah, Story of Ricky is what we like to call a two-quadrant head. Which this violence, which this movie delivers on absolutely all lever, levels. Buckets of blood, check. Holes being punched through your stomach, check. Heads being slapped, exploded, check. This movie has a huge cult following, and you have given it credit for crossing over to the mainstream. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is this about you? I think this is about me. <laughs> Jeremy, yeah. if you watched The Daily Show before Jon Stewart hosted it, you might remember Craig Kilborn as Vivacious Five Questions. <laughs> his his uh, effervescent uh, five questions his, with a touch of juniper. His oh. buxom five questions segment. Five questions, which featured a clip of the head exploding during the questionnaire. As arcade sensation Mortal Kombat was on its rise, a series of sequels emerged. The character Jax performed a fatality where he clap explodes the, opponent, the opponent's head. Exclamation point. 
Should have read that louder, I guess. <laughs> it's a hell of a way to go, but d- hell of a way to go, don't you think? One minute you're in prison getting raped in the butt, and the oh, I do not know where that just came from. There's no rape in the movie. Yeah, it seems like a movie where there would be, but there's not. You're right. Absolutely none. There's really no sex of any kind. No. This is, uh, I mean, for all the gore and the, you know, of age actors in the movie, it really does seem to be directed by a kid going, pew, 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 okay, I'm invincible now. There are two women in the movie, and one of them plays a dude. That's <laughs> and the other a corpse. <laughs> one minute you're in the butt, and the next thing you know, some goon is crushing your head to the point of explosion. Via con Dios, my friend. Bring a napkin. <laughs> Just did your impression of the King of the Hell guy. Via con Dios. Bring a napkin. Just one will easily handle all of the gore in Riccio. Okay, this next one is Chef's Kiss. Kaboom! Take that, Jean-Claude. Kapow! Out of the way, Jackie Chan. Kablamo! Sayonara, Stallone. There's a new king of fists on the action scene, and truly, his name is Ricky. King of fists. Uh, it's an interesting thing to call him. <laughs> I, think, I think I met that guy in a certain bar. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait, so he's saying... Take that, Jean-Claude. Out of the way, Jackie Chan, Sayonara, Stallone. Those are three entirely different kind of action stars. Yeah. Jackie Chan is a stuntman. Jean-Claude Van Damme is a ballet kickboxer. And Stallone is a uh, defective golem? (laughs) He's he's an award-winning screenwriter. Yeah, no, he's a golem, but instead of having the word of life written on his forehead, it has a question mark at the end, and he breaks, so it says... Life? <laughs> or, no, in full Xavier mode. Life, life, life. It just says carved into his head. Yeah, yeah, carved into his head. <laughs> One of the more inventive and original fix, flicks to blast out of the Orient. Yo. Wow. <laughs> the Orient. I don't really call it that anymore. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it, it's complimentary, but take it easy there, Nayland Smith. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I mean, sex wrong. Nayland Smith was the guy. <laughs> Story of Ricky will leave any action fan attic. <laughs> yeah, fan attic. It's written in two words. Yeah, I'm really addicted to going and hanging out with action fans, Jeremy. So, like, guys like you and me who watch a bunch of uh, Shaw Brothers movies, I'm addicted to hanging out with us. Don't care for the films themselves. <laughs> not, not my cup of tea. Any action fan attic lusting for more, but only after a short breather. Aruga! What a scorcher! Okay. I, I also I to, do I, bird calls. Haru! Yeah. Haru! I had to pause. Is this review written by TV's Frank? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Never before has one film so, shown so much red. Except for the color red. <laughs> what but, about the red violin or red doll? Yeah. Good point. What about some of those straight-to-video movies about Clifford? <laughs> I th- wait, I think even Martin Short as Clifford was fairly red. He wore that sweater the entire movie. Yeah. What yeah. the hell, buddy? We're not going to get to the bottom of this. Region- Beginning medical practitioners can check out, can check our brains at the door and enjoy Ricky chop, 
crop, and splop his way to the top in this evocative prison drama. No. Okay, th- there's no such word as splop, and evocative prison drama? No, no, here, here's what you gotta do. Check your brains with joy and enjoy. You messed up the pronunciation, Jeremy. Enjoy Ricky Chop, Crop, and Splop his wop to the top in this evocative prosopter mop. Yeah. Vocative. I fixed it! Lock <laughs> into prison drama. Yowza! It says that. As a child. And child, you know a film's good when it boasts its famous head exploding scene right on the video. I thought cover. I was joking earlier when I compared this to Xavier. That is complete, like, and child, you know a film's good. <laughs> People do know we're talking about the renegade angel and not the wheelchair-bound psychic, right? Yeah. Okay, I hope so. Don't bus is not here. I challenge... That was it for the week. Let's just do that for the rest of the yeah. I challenge each and every one of you to see Ricky, one of the all-time good-bad movies in existence. And when you watch it, don't catch yourself saying, how will they top that after each scene? Because, baby, Ricky will do it. Guaranteed. Kaboom! It just says that at the end in big-ass letters with five exclamation points. Well, four would be uh, anemic and six would be excessive. Okay. The next reviewer says, The Shawshank Redemption, as directed by Sam Raimi. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, actually, some people have called that... Some people have called it the Shawshank Redemption meets Fist of the North Star. That works, too. Uh, If this was... If this were directed by Sam Raimi, who would Bruce Campbell play? Oh, God. I want to say the Warden. I, yeah, I want to say, the, not Ricky, but the Warden. Yeah. You'd be the Warden. This movie makes any episode of Faces of Death look like Full House. Bring the charter sauce. <laughs> this guy sounds like he's watched a lot of Faces of Death and a lot of Full House. Yeah. It's a good palate cleanser, you know? <laughs> Wait, in which order? <laughs> good point. Oh, God. I really need to get the taste of Dave Coulier out of my mouth. <laughs> Actually, I need to stop being mean to Dave Coulier because he was on China, Illinois, so I guess he's funny now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest redemption arc I've ever seen. Doo-doo dicks. <laughs> Well, I gotta give some old lady the Alabama tooth or the Arkansas toothpick. Wait, Mommy, I want to meet Punky Brewster. He's not actually senile, he's just faking it for attention. (laughs) Getting back to the review. Well, let's just do that. Can we just do an Adult Swim review show? Later on. Okay. Really should get a full theatrical release in the U.S. Really should get a full theatrical release in the U.S. It's just as fun as any Jackie Chan film. What with the... Yeah. What with the laughable dialogue and acting, and the scene where Ricky and his uncle trash every tombstone in the cemetery for no reason. <laughs> They're proud boys. <laughs> yeah. No, that happens in the movie. Yeah, they, yeah, it does. They just fuck up a bunch of tombstones. But it has something no Chan film has, namely... Women. Mo- oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's not fair. The women always get treated by, sh- like, shit, but they are in the movies. Yeah. Namely, blood, gore, blood, intestinal strangulation, blood, heads getting crushed like overripe pumpkins, blood, the unexplained incredible hulkalization of a character, and blood. Warning, may not include blood. Me gusta. 
I, I see. I picked the best. People are doing this on purpose. And I, I went through. I went through a bunch of IMDb reviews, and I picked the best. Now that there's this guy's review, what is going on? I've seen a lot of bad movies in my life, but this. This was the worst I've ever laid eyes on. Yes, it's gory and it's got a lot of fight scenes and I'm gonna I'm gonna read this in a different way. And yes, I laughed at sometimes, but the laughter always ended with me shaking my head and thinking, what the hell is this? I guess it's just one of those you have to see, but I will never get back that hour and a half. Uh frowny face emoji, and where are my treats? I think you're being a little uncharitable. <laughs> The John Pod Hortz movie reviewers. John Pod Hortz is a movie reviewer. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe it's him. <laughs> I love that. I will never get back that hour and a half. Okay, first off, it's not an hour and a half. It's just shy of that, so you didn't even wait that also, long. Also, somebody who would... I mean, why would you take the extra time to write the bad review, then? This guy is clearly just the real version of... Uh, you wasted four minutes of my life, and I want them back. Oh, I'd probably just waste them. Yeah. And also, you can watch it for free on YouTube, so you didn't even, you didn't even spend any money, so settle down, buddy. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, the next guy says, One hell of a fun movie. I remember a few this years... This is an ass-damn-good-heckin'-woofer film. I remember a few years back watching Comedy Central... Okay, that doesn't scan. When Craig, <laughs> when Craig Kilborn was hosting The Daily Show, and just before he would start his five-question segment with the guests, they would always show this big guy smashing a smaller guy's head into pieces. I always laughed when I saw it and often wondered where that scene came from. But now I realize that scene was sexual harassment. <laughs> Lo and behold, a friend of mine about two years ago showed me Ricky O. Sounds like a pretty cool friend. <laughs> yeah, actually. Wow was about the only thing I could say after the movie was over. Instantly, one, one of my all-time favorite films. Literally, all I could say was wow. I was completely speechless. I tried to thank my friend, but was unable to. <laughs> because my lower jaw had been punched off by Ricky O. <laughs> A.K.A. Ricky Ho. The story is that Ricky has been sent to a prison that makes Oz looks like child's play. Oz was child's play. It was a literal play. <laughs> yeah. And also, does he mean child's play like, oh, that's child's play? Or the thing with Chucky, the thing with Brad Dourif as a murderous doll? Because those movies, some of those movies gave me the heaviest of jeebies. Well, weirdly enough, he actually means uh, L. Frank Baum's series of delightful children's classic and Chucky, the child's play film series. So what he's saying is he makes this really cute thing look horrifying because Ricky is harmless and charming. Yeah. Yeah. He was sent here, sent there after murdering the man who caused his girlfriend to kill herself. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> While in the prison, Ricky must defend himself and the other inmates from the warden, the assistant warden, and the leaders of the four different sections of the prison. Checks out. This all results in a non-stop bloodbath from start to finish. Uh, I would have to say, if you like movies like Brain Dead, uh, Dead Alive, Premutos. 
The Toxic Avenger, Blood Feast 1 and 2, etc. Like I said, it is very Toxic Avengery. Yeah. Uh, you will most definitely love this movie. To give an example of the gore, we have disemboweling, intestinal strangling, head smashing, mutilation, arm and leg wrenching, faces being cut in half. You think it, it has it. Highly recommended. It does not have castration. There are. Did we watch? That's the weird thing. They make reference to things periodically, and I think, oh, did we watch an edited version? But then I look at what's in our version, and I go, this is not, like, you, you don't trim something to get it down to a hard R rating, do you? No. So I think maybe people imagine things, or, or I'm wrong, and there's an even grosser cut out there. Who knows? There could be. it. The thing is, it was called, uh, it was a Category 3 movie, what they're called in China. Oh, okay. Uh, which means no one under 18 could see it. And it was the first Category 3 movie in China to get the Category 3 rating for a non-sexual reason. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that works. And now the final review in Review Times 2. Great! In a mystery science theater kind of way. Yes. Yeah! Uh, I mean, I, I've noticed this. Uh, I think you and I have kept up with pretty much the entire Rift Tracks catalog. You and I are... Uh, we go way back with Mystery Science and Rift Tracks and all that stuff. Not, not that that makes us singularly impressive or anything. But one thing I've noticed, uh, having watched, what, three, four hundred of these experiments, um, bad martial arts movies are the most fun bad movies. Yeah. If you made me pick... If you said, like, okay, you can only have, like... Bad slasher movies, bad rocket science movies, bad kaiju movies are close, or bad martial arts movies. I'd go, oh, well, the last one, because then I could still watch, like, Death Promise and Ninja Warlord yeah. and Die and Die Again and uh, Pretty But Deadly and Rikio if they ever get to it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's one of the gang members outside. <laughs> Even as a reviewer, I am greatly influenced by the opinions of others. Greatly influenced. If you tell me to do something, I will do it, so please go easy on me. <laughs> Not so much in how I see a particular film, but what I might try and sit through in the first place. No person has had a greater influence on my viewing habits in the past few years than Gavin Schmidt, a writer for KillerReviews.com. This man... This man, boys, knows his horror, okay, and bloodletting films. And when he writes, this film stands alone as something that can never be equaled, well, my interest has peaked as high as Mount Everest. And God, my erection, let's not even get into that. The film Gavin was referring to was the story of Ricky. A 1991 Japanese oddity? Nope. Chinese? Okay, buddy. <laughs> That, that was no that was uh so good and so bad at the same time that you can't help but laugh, cheer, and act like the two robots on Mystery Science Theater. You couldn't have Googled their names. Like those two charming robots. This reminded me of a charming yellow family I saw on TV one Sunday. I love that. Okay, first off, you can't remember the names Tom and Crow. Oh, you know, that 
This film has such great slapstick content, Jeremy. It really reminded me of my uh, favorite comedy duo, Laurel and his friend. <laughs> the film surrounds the film surrounds Ricky Da. I think he means duh. Yeah. Da. No, da. It reminds me of my friend Ricky. Yes, what is yeah. it? The film surrounds Ricky, I guess it does. Most of yeah. Who is sent to a prison that house, houses more wacky characters than a SpongeBob SquarePants episode. I don't think wacky is a good name for them. Like, like murderous, maybe? Demented? Something other than wacky. I'd, I'd go with... Yeah, something other than wacky. From the prison official with one eye and a hook for an arm... And to three talented and deadly prisoners that can that look like they're ripped from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, there's four of them, but I don't know which one you're leaving out. <laughs> yeah. Well, we remember the the brothers from Big Trouble in Little China, don't we, Jeremy? Thunder, lightning, rain, and intemperance. <laughs> oh no, the worst of all. The most dreaded brother that only appears in the director's cut, Humidity. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I face oh. the other three all at once. Oh. Ricky, who seems to have special powers, seems to have them. I, the jury's still out. Yeah. Quickly becomes the hero of the less fortunate in the prison and fights his way to the flesh and guts of many of the corrupt guards and prison baddies during a very entertaining, yet comically immature, 96 minutes. Again, not that long. A martial arts film with incredibly bad yet gory effects. The story of Ricky is one of those films that you want to watch with the boys over and where audible comments are encouraged and laughed at during the performance. Only the boys may come over. Well, all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. Brandon and uh, Wang Chung are coming over tonight. <laughs> when Ricky is being buried the alive... The story of Ricky Osifos. <laughs> when Ricky is being buried alive for seven days, gutting people with his fists or hitting people so hard their eyes pop out, the story of Ricky reminded me of one of those films we used to get up early on a Saturday morning and play with the rabbit ears on top of the television in an effort to get a clear enough signal. How fucking old are you? Yeah, I'm not, look, I'm wow. not going to make fun of people. They come from different generations. I'm sure that, yeah, like you and I are going, oh, I remember Joel and MST, so we're probably ancient compared to some people. But um, I'm looking at these reviews, and they, they're written in, like, the earliest of these is 2004. This is 2009. Yeah. And when, you, when you're like, oh, I remember, uh, there, there used to be a man with a pleasant voice who would describe the Shaw Brothers movies to us on the old, uh, the Victrola. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I know. Maybe I shouldn't make fun. Like, that was the golden era right there. A world where Ricky O could be playing at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. And your TV that got two channels would somehow end up showing this. Yeah. Who am I to make fun? <laughs> That sounds like a beautiful world. Yeah, now jump ahead to us now where we have a, a million different shows on streaming, but they're all about sad cactuses who can't pay off their student loans. <laughs> you know what? I apologize, Boob Master 2099. <laughs> 
It might not be the smartest film out there. It is smart. You just don't get it. <laughs> it's like Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk won't shut up about Ricky uh, Rio either. Is yeah. that why Rick was named that, by the way? Pretty sure. Okay. I'm absolutely sure. There's be no other explanation. Okay. It might not be the smartest uh, film out there, but through all the blood, and there was plenty, it sure was fun. Well, that's kind of a beautiful ending. Yeah. Thank you, Ricky, for letting us laugh at love again. <laughs> Broadly true. I mean, his girlfriend dies, he commits a crime because he loves her, and the rest of the movie's hilarious. Yeah. People know what that's in reference to, right? About the, the worst movie tagline of all time? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody needs... I mean, you if you're like us, you probably first heard it via Mystery Science Theater. But it's from uh, Neil Simon's The Goodbye Girl, which is uh, maybe a little dated, but it's not a, a bad movie by any stretch. But uh, Neil Simon was pretty well established at this point. And the tagline on the poster, it just shows Richard Dreyfuss and his, his girlfriend in the movie, and it says, Thank you, Neil Simon. For making us laugh at love again. You're like, oh god damn it, I wanna punch the like I wanna punch the poster and leave a hole in the wall like a marriage story. <laughs> you look at it like you know, the like dogma, get ready to be touched by an angel. That is fucking silver tongued deviltry compared to the tagline for the goodbye girl. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, this brings us to the end of this episode of Penny Tolerable. Uh, I would like to thank my guest, Nathaniel. Hello. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, I am on my other podcast, The Pretendium Compendium, uh, which is at pretendiumpod.com, and most platforms... We might look into expanding soon, but, uh, yeah, we got about three dozen episodes under our belt at this point. We talk, we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, but it's more that we talk about, uh, fandom and fantasy through the cultural lens of Dungeons and Dragons, because it's a, it's a nice catch-all. So if you're interested, we talk about monsters. We've covered the first two Dritz Doerden trilogies, if that's anyone's bag, and statistically it must be. And uh, we recently finished talking about the entire Dungeons & Dragons cartoon from the early to mid-80s. And yeah, we're just uh, we're going to go from there, so join us. It's, it's like this, only a uh, you know, different co-host. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that came off as weirdly meaner than I meant it to. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, look us up. Yeah. Do you talk about fantasy movies? We sometimes uh, we're trying to get more of that in there. Like I say, it's been books and television show far. But uh, by the time this goes out, we will probably have dropped our episode on the Dungeons and Dragons movie, the one with the uh, Charmy Isles. And we did cover the Cats movie. <laughs> but uh, so far we haven't done like a full, you know, 80s VHS treasure hunt for like Dragon Slayer and Labyrinth and Return to Oz, but I'm kind of tempted to be honest. You should do all those, but don't do Hawk the Slayer because I heard it's rubbish. 
wait, wait. Did we just sound effect of me punching you for saying that? Ow! Oh. Don't think that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> it might have. This is a sensitive... Audi- audible is sensitive. Audacity is sensitive. Slash rubbish. Anyways, uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Ringo Phonebonius Jones, which is spelled the same way it is on this page that you're at. Um, I'm doing a sing-along song every day. I decided to do that. Um, thought it would be nice in these trying times, kind of a kind of an opi- opiate for the masses. <laughs> really? We're going with that? The line where Karl Marx makes one of religion. <laughs> okay, it's just a nice thing that I'm doing, okay? What, communism? <laughs> anyway, that might actually work. <laughs> no, I just thought, I like singing, and I thought that singing sing along to a song every day would be nice, and I like nice. doing it, and yeah, people seem to like it. Anyways. The right people get it. Yeah. Anyways, uh. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, then press like, subscribe, and leave me a nice comment. <laughs> You're so dictatorial with it. If you enjoyed this, bring me tweets. Only brownies, no blondies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this has been Penny Tolerable, and that's all I have to say. If you can, please give to charities for those disenfranchised in these still troubled times. An example might be the Oprah Project, which helps black trans people with food, shelter, and other needs of life. Also, support the Trevor Project, a mental health hotline for LGBTQ youths in trouble. Uh, as for Nathaniel, you can find him at the Pretendium Compendium his own podcast where he talks about Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy fare. Uh, if you would like to see more of me, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Jeans, which is J-E-E-M-S. You can find me on my Tumblr, which is also Jeans, my TikTok, Jeans84, my Twitter, the show's Twitter is at Penny Tolerable, and I'm at My Planet is Jay. And you can find me on my Instagram at, at My Planet is Jeremy. Uh, we are available on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms. Now, on with the show. <laughs>